this episode, Jeff Abraham, CEO of Promescent, makers of a magic boner potion, and I came up with a few sketches. Semiconductor sales, because that's what you did, but uh, just kind of like a preface to everything that you do later on in your life, just constantly using sexual innuendo in your sales pitches for semiconductors. Mm-hmm. For getting to heaven and seeing 47 virgin, virgins and just going, eh, and then asking if there's something else that you could get, like 47 sandwiches or something. <laughs> The opposite, the exact opposite of permescent. Not to reveal too much, but I actually have the exact opposite issue. Let me tell you something. That's really not an issue for your partner. It's more of an issue for you. That last one wasn't exactly an advertisement, or was it? Which one of these did we pick? You'll find out on this episode of... It's a sketch comedy podcast show. Welcome to Sketch Comedy Podcast Show, the one-of-a-kind show where I, Stuart Rice, invite interesting people to have intriguing conversations and then improvise a comedy sketch based on what we talked about. It's the only show like it on the internet. You know, sometimes we just need a little help. For instance, I recently had to buy some frogs for the family, and we had to buy all the things that go along with that. You know, the tank, the filter, the rocks, the actual frogs, etc. We didn't know how to do it, so we sought the aid of the person at the pet store. That's a good example. What if your issue was that you couldn't help yourself from jizzing too quickly? Maybe, in that case, you would seek the assistance of this episode's guest. Jeff Abraham was a successful tech exec who decided that, in order to make a dent in the universe and the world a better place, he would need to help men from popping too quickly. So, after retiring from semiconductors, he went to work developing a spray for delay so that gentlemen could last longer and give them and their partners an opportunity to enjoy sex more. It worked! Now Jeff is busier than when he was slinging silicon. We talk about developing this spray and why Jeff thought that it was such a necessity for the world. We also talk about lifestyles and how he learned about diversity, which is why he's such an advocate for BLM, feminism, and smoking pot. If you think the CEO of your company is pretty lame, Jeff gives you hope that there are some cool CEOs out there. It's a pretty great story. And now, my conversation with Jeff Abraham, CEO of Promescent, makers of a magic boner potion. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing? My pleasure. Excellent. I'm doing really well. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on. I've got a quick question for you. Sure. What makes you interesting? What makes me interesting? I think the fact that I'm a 64-year-old white CEO that is a vicious supporter of Black Lives Matter, that is a vicious supporter of women's equality and rights, that still openly, freely admit that, you know, I love to get high and alcohol is not my drug of choice. The fact that I'm the CEO of a sexual wellness company after a 30-year distinguished career as a semiconductor executive and retiring, which is the most circuitous route ever to becoming the CEO of a sexual wellness company that you could possibly ever take. And I decided to retire at 53 because I have lupus and diabetes and I had had good success. And here I am working twice as hard as I did in my first career. You know, I'm multi-layered, you know, like almost everybody reminds you of someone else 
people tell me there's no one that reminds me of you. You know what I mean? Like you obviously do not give a shit. You know what I mean? And I go, no, I don't. I really don't. Because to me, life is about experiences and there are no mistakes if you learn from them, except if they're tragic and they kill you. That's obviously a mistake. You know what I mean? I told mm -hmm. my son when he was growing up, you know, really and truly embrace life, live it. Just don't make mistakes that aren't correctable. Like you go to jail for 10 years, you die. You know what I mean? Like right. those are mistakes that alter your life in a negative way forever, you know, but feel free to march to the beat of your own drummer. Feel free to experience life and follow your instincts. And, you know, I learned that at an early age, probably my late 20s, early 30s. I wish I would have learned it earlier. And I try to tell my son, his friends and other young friends that I have, the sooner that you self-actualize and get to the feeling you stop giving a shit about what other people think, the happier you're going to be. Yeah. Um, well, that's, uh, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? That you got to feel that safety first. And I think yeah. that's, that's the part that a lot of people miss out on is the safety aspect because oh. you can't get to that self-actualization until you can't, until you get past the safety. I actually so. love being on edge. Okay. I okay. love to me, safety is the most overrated virtue in life. You know what I mean? Like you don't really get to experience a lot if you just cling to the safe, you know. I grew up really poor, we didn't have much. And I remember that I had a reasonable job out of college. I was making 24 grand a year and this is 1979. Had a company car and expense account. Like my relatives thought I was Warren Buffett. I quit, <laughs> bought a one-way ticket, flew to California. Like, oh my God, I'm like, trust me, you know, there's more to life. and. Within 10 years, I had been extremely successful. I was making 170 grand a year. This was in 1989. Company car, expense account, whole thing. And oh my God, you've made it. And I walked away and started my own company from scratch. Everyone was freaking out. And then I retired and then came back to do this. And, you know, it's funny. Every time someone always asks me, like, what is your contingency plan? I go, I don't have a fucking contingency plan. They go, what do you mean? I go, if you have a contingency plan, you go, well, if things don't work out well, this is my fallback position. This thing is shit. First time that shit starts going bad, you turn around. Okay, should I pull the ripcord? No, 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 no. You want to start something, put your heart and soul into it. The question isn't whether you're going to succeed. It's what it takes to succeed. You turn around. Instead of having a limb or, you know, in a contingency plan, you saw it off behind you and you go, I'm in. Okay. I will do whatever it takes to make this successful. That's always been my approach. And fortunately for me, it's worked. <laughs> if yeah. it wouldn't have worked, I would have said, shit, I should have had a continuity. Probably a little different, yeah. <laughs> different worldview, right? I always made it work. So, uh, you know, I'm going to quit after this one just so I don't press my luck. You know what I mean? Right, so right. My whole life, I didn't need a contingency plan. And if I fucking blow it, then I'll go, you idiot, you got lucky the first three times. You know what I mean? So right, I'm not right. going to push it after this. <laughs> Let's talk about pushing it because uh, you did talk about being a advocate for female rights, right? Yes. And it sounds like you're a big advocate for female rights in the bedroom because you came up with a, a thing that uh, guys might be very interested in, correct? Yeah. Our first product was a male delay spray and it allowed men to extend their time uh, to achieve climax. And so they were able to have a much longer uh, duration of intercourse prior to ejaculating. And here's what I tell people, like, 
you always hear those jokes and, you know, memes about, you know, finishing before your partner, finishing too quickly, early or premature ejaculation. If a man prematurely or early ejaculates, he still ejaculates. He still has a, an, you know, an orgasm. He gets to the promised land. The females on the other side going, excuse me, sailor. Okay, how about me? I'm over here. Okay. I mean, even though it only lasted 30 seconds or two minutes, you still, you know, got your just reward. What about me? And right. so women embraced our product as enthusiastically, if not more enthusiastically than men did. And there's another myth that is very misplaced that a lot of people think that a man who doesn't last long enough doesn't want to satisfy his partner, doesn't care about his partner. Nothing could be further from the truth. Every man wants that feeling like I am taking care of my woman. It's an animalistic instinct. No matter what anyone tells you, they are lying if they say they don't feel better after having quality orgasms, providing them for their partner as well. Okay, every man wants to feel like William the Conqueror. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I came, yeah. I saw, I conquered. You know, every man, most of them don't do it, but some of them might still. After giving a woman a tremendous orgasm, wants to get out, stand up, beat his chest and go, how's that doing? You know what I mean? Like, it's right. just part of who we are. <laughs> That's why there's so many people in the world, okay? It's a great feeling to procreate and, you know, to have sex and have orgasms. And I will tell you this, I think there'd be a lot less violence and road rage in the world and everything else if more people were having consistent quality orgasms. I think there's a reason yeah. why people fly planes into buildings and suicide bombers, and there are always some religious clowns that fucking don't believe in premarital sex, you know what I mean? And think that by doing that, they get 47 virgins, you know what I mean? Or whatever the number is, or 17 when they go to heaven. You know, right. personally, I've never really kind of bought into that. Okay, maybe give me one version. After that, can I have a little bit of experience? You know what I mean? I want, like, yeah, I don't. I, I never understood that. I mean, basically, you're going to be in a, a whatever, a room or a palace or wherever yeah. you end up. But gonna you're going to be, be with a bunch of people that are going to look at it like in a scared manner, and yeah. they're going to be very and pensive. Not only that, if they have no experience, I'd be like, hey, hon, a little less teeth. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, right. you know, I don't want to be like having a nickname of Buster Hyman. You know what I mean? Like, that's all yeah. I do. Like, every single time it's like, it's going to be traumatic. Oh, my God, you're going to think about me forever. Because I remember when I was in college, there were a couple occasions where, you know, we got to the point where we're about to have sex and my partner at the time was like, oh, I've never been with some before. I'm like, okay, I don't think it's a good idea because, you know, your first should be special. You're going to remember it. You know what I mean? Like, and this doesn't mean anything to me kind of thing. You know what I mean? So I'm not sure if someone say to me, you're going to get a reward of 17 versions. I'd be like, how about 17 Victoria's Secret supermodels? You know what I mean? Like, right, right. that would be a lot better because I'm assuming they have some experience and, you know, might, you know, be able to teach me a few things, you know what I mean? Rather yeah. than me feeling like I'm a teacher, you know, that kind of a thing. So, well, I mean, I guess the, the one aspect of that is sort of like, uh, like you're talking about, like, I guess you get that, uh, that feeling of conquering something brand new, right? Like maybe yes. that's the appeal, but I yeah. honestly, I've, I've never been with a virgin and I came here I, nope. twice. I had the situation. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. I think you need to find some little more into this. Pump. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Pump. The yeah. Brakes no, on not my one. thing. Uh, yeah. Never have been, you know, the idea of 17 in a row, I'd be like, whoa, okay. Can we throw a pro in here? You know what I mean? Like just to break right, it up a pro, little bit. Yeah, but I mean, maybe those guys are going to be quick, right? So it's like two minutes. Well, each, good and point. Then all of a sudden, yeah. 
if they've been saving it up all these times, they'd be in and out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And those poor virgins, like that's their first experience is this like really rotten, just he's terrible. You know, come to think of it, you're right. You're going to get, you know. Because they're all virgins too, right? The guy that flew the plane into the World Trade Center, you know what I mean? Who's supposedly never had sex, you know, and he's going to be your initiation. Oh, that's, I mean, it's heaven for them too, right? Like that's that's their version of heaven. Like, yeah, that's That's my version of hell. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, seriously, we want someone in that relationship having a proof of purchase. You know what I mean? Somebody, somebody in there having (laughs) just a little bit of street cred. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I've been around at least halfway around the block once before, you know, maybe not all the way around, but halfway. Right, right. So now you came up with this formula, right? You came up with this stuff that, or you found it? I was in, in the early formulation of the product. It was actually my good friend, my next door neighbor, and my doctor, who was a urologist who developed the product, Dr. Ronald Gilbert, uh, who was uh, a urologist at Hogue Hospital, Newport Beach. So he's the one who was the real genius behind the product. And I was the business mind that made it successful. But the idea of me actually formulating something, not likely, not this lifetime or the next. Now, if I did that, maybe I could ask for 17 Victoria's Secret supermodels. There you go. It would be such an accomplishment for me to have the scientific mind to do that. You know, it would be a real long shot. But I'd give it a go if that was waiting for me at the end. You know? oh, yeah. You'd As a matter of lab fact, coat. Yeah. Thick goggles, glasses, lab whatever coat, it's like. uh, You know, one of those charts with the uh, whatever those things are, the formulas on the back of all the elements and everything. As a matter of fact, if truth be told, you give me one. Give me, you know, uh What's her name? Olivia Culpo or, you know what I mean? Like just, uh, you know, throw in Alexandria Ambrosia. Just one of them will work. You know what I mean? And I'll go right to work. Right, right. I'll exactly. go right to the left. I mean, we, I, I, yeah, I mean, money's nice, but uh, yeah. let's face it. What are we using the money for? That's what I'm saying. A friend right? of mine had this conversation. This was about a year ago. And we started really, really breaking down what in your life isn't really either directly or loosely affiliated with you getting either women or men higher quality partners, okay? If you really think about it, obviously the more money you accumulate, the more power you accumulate, your dating options become much stronger. That's just a fact and anyone who says that's not true is full of shit. That's a fact, okay? People go to the gym and they're like, I just love the fact that it makes me feel better about myself. Bullshit. Okay. If that's the case, you'd be probably climbing a mountain somewhere. You know what I mean? Instead of going to a gym and prancing around, making sure you had your finest Lululemon on both men and women. Okay. Seriously. Okay. You know, getting facials, getting your hair cut, getting your beard trimmed. Everything is always about making yourself really as palatable as attractive as you can to the opposite sex or the same sex depending upon your orientation and to be honest with you i don't think there's anything wrong with that why do we have to deny that and pretend that that's really not the motive behind because the ability to be with someone not just from a sexual standpoint everybody wants to have someone special everybody wants to feel loved everybody wants to feel connected okay and a lot of what we do is directly attributable 
to increasing our options to finding that person. Or if you have that person, keeping that person. Right. Oh, yeah. So lately, uh, my girlfriend's been going to the gym, right? All of a sudden, I was like, wait a second. I'm not going to the gym. So I bought a kettlebell. And now, like, at home, while I watch YouTube videos in the morning, that's what I'm doing is I'm using the kettlebell. You're pumping it out. You're going, just in case she's in the gym and goes, you know, this guy's almost as funny, you know, good guy, but he's kind of a little more toned. You're going, oh, wait a second. Yeah. I better better do something. I better better add, like, at least an inch to the the arms or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent true. I I actually agree with you, and I actually also agree with you on uh, you know I think it's it, I, I wish we sex work and all of those types of things like those are important things. I wish we could integrate into our society in a safe think manner. About, there were certain things. If there's one thing that prohibition taught us, you can't legislate morality. Mm-mm. All you do is drive it underground and that's why this whole bullshit in texas we're outlawing abortion fuck you and the horse you rode in on you're in texas so you're probably on a horse you know what i mean because you're not ending abortion okay what you're doing is forcing people to go to a back alley or some unauthorized clinic and you're making it more dangerous to get abortion okay the idea that weed was outlawed until it's still outlawed in some states but what is it 20 states now are you fucking kidding me okay the idea of weed being dangerous but alcohol not being dangerous is the craziest thing i've ever heard in my life i've been high three thousand times in my life okay there are three things that i like to do if i'm high listen to music have a sandwich or make love to whoever i'm dating or you know whatever okay none of those three things are well i was gonna say none of those three things are bad but you better talk to whoever i'm dating i know two of them aren't bad maybe maybe whoever my partner is go well the one's marginal i put up with it okay but those things aren't violent. They're not dangerous, at least to me. You know what I mean? But when you drink, you tend to get loud, argumentative. You get into arguments. You get into fights. You're dancing around in a club with a lampshade on your head. God forbid you get behind a wheel. You know what I mean? And you're driving, swerving. And, oh, I'm fine. It loosens inhibitions. If you ever get behind a wheel and you're high, you're driving four miles an hour, you put on your turn signal 20 minutes before you turn. If you hit something, you won't even dent it. You're only going four miles an hour. The car just stops. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've never been in a fight when I was high. If someone no, ever like no. started like, you know, squaring up on me, I go, dude, have a sandwich. Here, listen to music. Hey, make love to your girlfriend. If that doesn't work here, make love to mine. I'm not in the mood to fight. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> whatever it takes to get out of this confrontation, I will do this it. So I can just sit here and enjoy my buzz. You know what I mean? Like, yes. let's not let's not really get physical here. You know what I mean? And so I never understood that. And I remember when I lived in California before I moved here, it was like, well, they made it for medical reasons. Fuck you. Okay. Yeah. So right next to every weed shop, there was a doctor's office. You'd go in there and go, tell me you have a migraine. Okay. I have a migraine. Okay. Here's your prescription. Yeah. Really? Okay. Are we, are we in that stage that we have to have an excuse? I mean, it's ridiculous. Okay. Weed is less dangerous than alcohol in many respects. Now, the fact that you can vape it or have a gummy or whatever, it doesn't even ruin your lungs. Okay. So right. it's even more, you know, like, safe so i never quite understood that that whole circle plus, plus jeff have you ever met anybody who was like you know i would smoke the reefer but the law says 
No one's had. I've never met no that one. person that was like, no oh, you know, I'd be really into it, but you know, the law. The no. law, yeah. I would really like to, you know, hit up the vape right now, but I'm not sure it's legal in this county. Yeah, nope. I hit the vape first without any question, and I don't give a shit. Okay, right. whatever the fine is, I'll you know whatever you know. But, but it's, it's interesting absurd. you brought up the, the with with the abortion because I actually have um, friends that will travel to states where abortion is less uh, like Texas or like any place else. Texas just more recently because it's it, they just did that crazy yeah. thing where it's six weeks. But they they break the law. They'll go into the state and they're doctors, that, but they'll clandestinely set up shop, take care of as many as they can, and then exit stage left. Well, they need to because, you know, here's the thing. The same morons that pass that law are the right to lifers that vote against subsidized child care, that vote against, you know, aid to families with dependent children. And so they're literally... And vote for uh, uh, capital punishment. Yeah. It's like, I guess it's all in the timing. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you can't kill them before they're born, but you can certainly kill them after. You know what I mean? It's like, yes. wait, what? But they're also yeah. the same jackasses that don't want fucking, you know, uh, publicly funded contraception. You know what I mean? And they don't want sex tons. Wait a second. Take the same energy you're putting into fighting abortions into educating people so we don't need as many abortions, okay? If we made sure that everyone had uh, contraceptions, there'd be far fewer you know, abortions. If we literally educated people on sex and told women it's not a sin to be enjoy sex, it's not a sin to be promiscuous like men are, because I've been in situations in my life now, I'm 64, when I was younger, that, and I'm sure this still exists, that a lot of women feel if I plan for sex and I know I'm going to have it, then that means I'm totally down with it. And according to my religion, it's a sin. But if it happens spontaneously, like it was out of control, I don't feel as guilty. Fuck that. Okay. Use proper protection so you don't get diseases, so you don't get unwanted pregnancies. Okay. Let's stop pretending that sex is a religious experience or it's some you know, satanic ritual or something. It's a bodily function, just like eating and urinating. And it is a, you get an urge. If you're a woman, your clitoris, you know, gets aroused and you moisturize. If you're a man, you get an erection, okay? They do that for a reason. So the species will continue and we procreate, but it also creates opportunities for orgasm, which makes people feel good. They're going to do it. Remember the, Na you're probably too young, the Nancy Reagan thing just say no to sex just say no yeah i got news for you i was 16 once 48 years ago okay when i got an erection there was one thing i would say okay what who can i use this on you know what i mean it was right. like the idea of saying no the little head was speaking the big head just listened okay let's find a way to make this feel good okay the idea of just say no is the most asinine thing then i read something that you know, a lot of these places like Utah, where they preach abstinence, where anal sex and everything is out of control now. They're going, well, technically, I didn't. wait, since when is that different? Or I'm like, are you kidding me? OK, I'm like, so having anal sex is OK. You know, I guess if you want it, you, you claim to still be a virgin because, you know, I'm like, wow, OK, that's unique to me. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a again, that's a worldview. I don't. It does not make any sense. And I don't know why we why we tend to. I, I mean, I get religion, but like, why why is that such a what what brought that about? What brought about why was sex? Why were things seen as a a bad thing? I can't figure it out. I remember I in. Uh, I think it was 2007 or 2008, right when the AIDS epidemic was still really prevalent. The Pope was in Africa telling people that using condoms was against the Catholic religion. They weren't being good Catholics by using condoms. I lost my mind. So I made this post on social media and I said, why the fuck is the Pope over here in a country where 22% of the people at the time had AIDS telling people not to use condoms from you know during sex i said he needs to look at his own flock in his own congregation and understand why they wear dresses and pointy hats and they're all fingering altar boys okay rather than you know cast shame on people trying to practice same sex needless to say i lost a few catholic friends over that but i didn't give a shit okay because to me it was the truth okay if if something is true and it upsets you you need to examine why the truth upsets you or why the truth makes you unhappy or sad. You really do, okay? Now, if someone's saying something that is unfounded, it's not true, but it was true. The Pope was in Africa telling people not to use condoms when AIDS was rampant in Africa. The idea that the Catholic Church had an insane amount of pedophilia was a, an established fact, okay? That wasn't, I mean, the archdiocese in Southern California, not in the nation, in Southern California, paid $555 million in settlements, okay? What does that tell you? If one small diocese is on the hook for $500 million, first thing it tells me is that's not a church, that's a business. If one diocese can pay $550 million, how are they tax exempt, okay? Right. How, how prevalent <laughs> is the issue when literally one area goes, yeah, we have liability of half a billion dollars. And then you read about how when they found out that certain priests were pedophiles, they let them continue to be priests. They just transferred them into another district. I'm like, can you imagine if that would have been, you know, the Boy Scouts or AYSO, youth soccer or Pop Warner football? They'd all be in jail and they would have stripped and broken up the organization. But, you know, because it's religion, people are like, oh, I don't want to take that on. You know what I mean? We need to take on injustice wherever it's at and clean it up. I'm not saying the Catholic Church had to go away, but they had to own it. Okay, and we had to make sure it could never happen again, ever. Because is there any situation that you ever put more faith in when you take your child to a church and go, the priest is your conduit to god you do whatever he tells you to do talk about putting kids in a vulnerable position yeah you know i there's a i have a couple thoughts i mean number one i i totally agree with you is uh with that knowing that they could pay 550 million dollars like what is what's going on with the tax exempt status that's the southern california diocese that's not the united states okay right and then the other thing i'm thinking of is god Damn it. Why wasn't I a Catholic kid? Because, man, I would have been set. <laughs> um, 
no, I mean, the, but this, the, your attitude on all of this stuff really kind of comes out and probably most recently with the BLM movement. Oh, right. You know, what, what, tell, tell us about your BLM, like what's your experience with it and what's your, what's your stance? I grew up in an area that was 80% white and 20% black. I grew up in a little rural coal mining town in southwestern Pennsylvania, south of Pittsburgh, near the Ohio, West Virginia, Pennsylvania border. And when I was in high school, the 20% of black kids kept themselves. They lived in their own area. The 80% of white kids kept themselves. They lived in their own area. And there was absolute mistrust. You know what I mean? And it was like, you keep to your side. We'll keep. I never understood that. I'm like, they're human beings. They're just like us. They happen to have, you know, a little darker complexion. And I was the person that always made friends with, the, you know, people. And at first, a lot of people in the black community where I live were like, what's this guy's motive? And eventually they were like, he doesn't have a motive. He's, he she's not judging anyone. You know, I just felt like, why would I want to close myself off to 20% of people? And we didn't have Asian people. We didn't have Hispanic people. We didn't have anything other than white people and black people. And I thought, we're all people. We're all the same. We're all 18, 17, 16, 15 year old kids. Why in the hell are we keeping to ourselves? You know, that kind of a thing. And then after I graduated, I moved to Southern California. It was a virtual melting pot. Okay. I mean, there's no majority of anything when you're in Southern California. It is, I mean, I lived in Huntington Beach and I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed not only interacting with a lot of people, but I also enjoyed different cultures, different foods, learning. And whenever I meet someone that wasn't born here, I always ask them, what do you think of this country before you came here? Then what is better, what's worse than you thought of now that you're here? You know, I'm just always curious. But I've always be maintained a lot of uh, black friends, even in my work environment. And I'm a father. I have a 32-year-old son, and he is my world. I adore him, okay? I'd give my life for him. I don't want to. I hope I never have to. I'm not suggesting it, but if it ever came down to it, I would. And I have never, ever had to worry when he went out at night about him being arrested, beaten, or possibly murdered because of the color of his skin. And I can only imagine, I know how much I love my son, and I know what I'd feel like if he was unfairly treated. So being a human being, I know friends of mine that are black that have children. I go, I can't fathom what that feeling would be like. And I know that I've been in situations where I've heard the N-word used by people that, you know, you'd never in a million years think that they were prejudiced. You'd never think that, but they don't hesitate. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. when I took my son back to Pennsylvania, a lot of times when he was young, would be watching, you know, sporting events and, you know, he'd hear some people there. Oh, look at that N-word. You know, I remember my son was like, whoa. And we were flying back to Pennsylvania. He was like six. He goes, dad, because he wasn't raised in that kind of environment. You know what I mean? He's like, what is it? I said, Nick, they're not bad people. They're just ignorant. Okay. They ne they've never taken the time to interact with people of any other race or ethnicity or that kind of a thing. So that leads to preconceived notions that anything different is negative, you know? And the one thing my life has taught me, and I tell people this, anyone who knows me well will definitely, you know, assure you this is the case. I consider myself an equal opportunity abuser. I make fun of everybody. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. Life is too short to take yourself too seriously. And if there's one thing my life has taught me, that there are just as many good percentage-wise people that are white, black, Asian, Indian, you know, Latino, and there are just as many assholes. In fact, 
there's a lot more assholes that are white in my experience because there's a lot more entitlement. Like, we deserve this. And I feel that a lot of times immigrants feel like they have to earn things that white people feel like they are just given because they were born here, you know, that kind of thing. I remember when I first moved to California, they had this real popular license plate frame. It said, welcome to California, now go home. Yeah. Okay, it was everywhere in California. And, you know, I've never been shy. And I told people, I go, you know why most people out here have that? Because they can't compete with people like me that move from Pennsylvania and are so appreciative of not having zero degree, 20 below weather in mm-hmm. the winter and not having 95 degrees with 92% humidity in the summer. So when I went there, I worked my ass off. And I remember I got three promotions in my first job in two years. And I went to my second job that I ended up owning a company in seven or eight years. And it was because I was like, are you freaking kidding me to stay here? I'll do whatever. And right. California, that's why they had that. Well, California, I'll go home because everyone would come in there with this work ethic. You know what I mean? And go, this is like a dream. I moved there March 13th in 2000, and, or excuse me, in 1992. I remember that because my dad's birthday was a day before. I wanted to spend his birthday. I flew there. I left Pennsylvania. It was three below zero and it was sleeting outside. Okay. Mm-hmm. I literally went to take a piss on the airplane. I had like four flies. I had my long underwear, sweatpants, jeans. You know what I mean? Snowsuits. Right. I remember as we flew and I was really poor and I bought a one-way ticket to fly there. So we flew from Pittsburgh to Cincinnati, from Cincinnati to Detroit, from Detroit to Chicago. I went, wait, we're going the wrong way. You know what I mean? It took like six stops to get there. Right. Then we got there. And I remember my friend picked me up at the airport and we're driving. And it, this was in 1982. So the old style bank, they had those little things that would turn. It's at Sumitomo Bank. On one side, it had the temperature. On the other side, it had the time. I'll never forget this. It said 12.03 a.m. It turned around 73 degrees. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget. I went, did I just fly into a time warp or another universe? I left. It was, you know, below zero. It's fucking midnight. It's 73 degrees. I woke up the next day. It was like 58 or whatever. I remember there were people with down jackets, Ugg boots on. I'm in shorts and a tank top. I'm like, oh, my God, it's summer, you know, and. I remember thinking, I'm never leaving, okay? Mm-hmm. How in the world, why are, why does anyone live back there when this is available? I Growing up, I grew up in California. I had no idea. I, I would see pictures of Buffalo. And I, like if the football game was on and, and they played in Buffalo, I'd be like, I don't, why do people live there? They, they exactly. don't have to. <laughs> well, I remember one of the reasons I moved, I remember watching every year I'd watch the Rose Bowl, okay? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> It's It's fucking below zero, okay? And it's sleeting, it's snowing, and everyone's in fucking parkas. All you do is run to the car run. I'm watching the Rose Bowl. Here's the USC song girls, freaking gorgeous in their little skirts and the UCLA cheerleaders. It's sunny, it's 70 degrees. I'm like, where is that? Okay, I was like, why am I not there? So the Mm -hmm. first chance I had the ability to graduate from college and move, I was like, get me out of here. And I moved to California. Yeah, my dad did the same thing. He was back in Pennsylvania, and he he got a chance to come out to California, and he was like, oh, yeah, no, this is silly. I'm going to be here. Which part? Uh, he was uh, he was near Philly. Okay. So, yeah. Opposite side of the state, that's a little bit – it's a little more wealth on the other side. Philly yeah. has a li- – it's a little more upscale than Pittsburgh. But although Pittsburgh now, when I left, it was kind of downtrodden, but it's not coal and steel anymore. It's, you know – buy a farm you know what i mean software pittsburgh's made a real resurgence yeah yeah 
All right. Well, it has been about a half. Well, it's been a little over a half hour. This has been it delightful. Has? Yeah. I, know I feel like I'm just sitting here bullshit with a friend of mine. You know what I mean? I it's know. It's a, kind of a it's wonderful It's the best show. way to have a podcast. <laughs> so um, now we got to come up with a sketch. Truth be told, I would drop everything and move to Vegas and work for Jeff if he asked, because I love what his company is doing. He's a great dude, and I think it would be just a blast. Um, Maybe you just want to check out the things that Promescent has, and I tell you what, you should definitely go to the website. It is one of the best sexual health websites I've ever seen. It's welcoming, it is professional, and you can tell that there is care and uh, uh, knowledge put behind it. So, uh, Jeff, uh, tell us where you can find more stuff out about Promescent. We have a website, the link, it's www.promescent.com. We talked about the male delay spray, but we have lubes, we have condoms, we have Vitaflux, which is a nitric oxide supplement. We have PE wipes, before and after wipes. We have female arousal gel, we have vibrators, we have toys. And I always tell people because we're in Target with our delay spray, we're in Walmart with our delay spray, full product line in GNC. But I always tell people, go to the site first, okay? Because you're gonna find clinical trials, you're gonna find instructional videos. Number one, you'll find out which products work for you for, for the right reasons. Number two, you'll find out the proper way to use them to get the best experience. And then if you decide that you want them from us, there's no free shipping, full 60 day money back guarantee. So we ship seven days a week. So go to promescent.com. The link is in the show notes and check out what they've got. It's pretty amazing. And now our sketch. Are they experienced? In three, two, I would say I'm glad to see you, but I'm sure that you're not here under optimum circumstances. I witnessed the last, you know, three months of your life. The cancer was really bad. I know it was hard. You know what I mean? And, you know, you took your pledge to Allah and you flew the plane into the building and here you are. Okay. But you did not come here in vain. I have. Oh, this is such good news. I am very excited. You deserve that plane, it, my friend. That plane was very hot. When we Akbar ran into the building, Allah. very hot. Praise be Allah, okay? We are here, okay? I have a room set up for you, okay? The finest meats and cheeses. I have 47... I am allowed to eat meat here? Yes. That's one of the advantages of coming to heaven. The, oh, the, the so earthly happy. sacrifices that you made. Now you're going to be rewarded. Not only that, I have 47 women for you lined up, certified 47 virgin. women? 47. Never, never. No infidel. No one has ever touched these women. They are oh. all intact. Everyone. Wait. Wait, did you just say that they... What, what do you mean by that? They are intact. The the sheath, the hymen, still there. They are certified virgins, each one. And just because it's you and you are heroic, you don't have to keep the burqa all the way on. You can lift it up and crawl underneath. You know, they still have to remain covered. We still want to adhere to Shahia law, but you will be allowed to crawl inside the burqa to perform. But they, they don't know what they're doing? 
Uh, no, but I'm sure that their instincts will take over. Is this not acceptable to you? I, uh, I, well, the problem is, is I, I did follow the laws very closely, and so I also have never had relations with a anybody. Oh. Including myself. I don't really know what so to do. So you've never even pleasured yourself? No, I figured that's how I got here, is I, I never did any of the things that... Uh, if some of my friends did then, oh, and they told me about them, and I was always telling them how dangerous that was. Even though we say that, and even though you see the surveys that they say that, you know, 90% of people maintain their chastity, especially men, we believe that 89% of them were lying. So you are one of the pure 1% who never, never broke down. Oh, I wasted my entire life. We just assumed that most people thought that that was a rule that we didn't enforce. Oh, now oh, have you ever no. watched? Have you ever watched uh, the video movies, the pornography? No, no, I, I've never done any of it. I, I basically, I, we wear robes. I hide it. I've got a trapper oh. keeper that I keep all of my Allah notes in that I put in front of me if I have an issue. I, I've Did never you have a cell had. Phone? This. Did you have a cell phone? Only to take instructions on how to fly the planes. I, yeah, I didn't most know. People, I though, could... You know, you will be very pleased when you see the women. Maybe instinct will take over when you see these beautiful women that even without prior experience, I think they call it on Earth autopilot. Okay, let's let's go take a look. Maybe maybe you're right. <laughs> I think I just realized something. Yes. I think I'm gay. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us for Sketch Comedy Podcast Show. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it. Make sure to head over to sketchcomedypodcastshow.com. There you can subscribe to the show head over to YouTube and watch some of the videos and sketches we've done there. Maybe head over to Patreon and become a patron to the show. That would be so much appreciated. Or you can leave a review someplace. Or, if you're feeling really saucy, apply to be on the show. I appreciate every single one of you that listens to the show, and I would love to hear more from you. Now i got to get this out of the way. Sketch Comedy Podcast Show is protected under a Creative Commons Attribution No Derivatives 4.0 International License, which means that if you would like to reproduce anything in the show, please contact the show so that I can get you the right material for it. And also, this show is copyright 2022 Stuart Rice. Every day we are given a choice. Can we do the funny thing or the not-so-funny thing? I'm going to urge you to do the funny thing today and create an improvised comedy adventure of your own. Take care. See you next episode.